It's time for Real Estate Roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent Terry Story. Terry is a 29-year veteran with Keller Williams in sunny Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve. You know, you are in the studio today. This is so exciting. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so we get to look at each other and have some fun here today. That's right. That's wonderful. So a lot has been happening in the real estate market, and there was some news last week that new home sales surged unexpectedly to a 10-year high in October. What's going on? You know, that's great news. It did rise unexpectedly in October, it actually hitting their highest level in 10 years amidst the robust demand across the country. Robust demand. We got any kind of statistics with that number? Actually, yes. The Commerce Department said on Monday that new home sales rose about 6.2% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 685,000 units. Last that sounds month. like a lot, 6.2%. I mean, I think it's been running at 2 to 3% or something like that. So there's been a- A big jump. A big jump. So something's going on. Something is absolutely going on. And new home sales have now increased for three straight months. That's right. So, th- you know, this is all good news. This is actually going to help the um, housing shortage. You know, th- this has been a problem we've talked about for you know, quite some time. So the market's starting to regain momentum after treading waters for you know, quite some time. It's been constrained by just shortages of homes for sale. Yeah, remember, we've been talking about that for ages. Yeah, and, and in new construction, there's always problems trying to find property, yeah. land to build, mm-hmm. and a shortage of workers. Mm-hmm. So all of that is good. Things are improving. Well, I was thinking that maybe this was a rebound from the hurricanes of Harvey and Irma, but this is not. Those have been a constraint. So I think the indication is that maybe these numbers would have even been higher had it not been for the hurricane. So that's some healthy stuff going on. Oh, absolutely. If you look at last month, new single home sales rose 30% in the Northeast. So that area wasn't hit by the hurricane. 30%. And when you look at the South, that only increased 1.3%. So you can see the effect that the hurricane had on the new home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess maybe the 30% in the Northeast really... Really pushed it up. Yeah. Okay. So in spite of all these new homes being sold, you'd think maybe that inventory would have shrunk, which has always been the problem, but that's not been the case, right? No. I mean, well, despite the rise in sales in October, the inventory of new homes on the market actually increased 1.4% to actually the highest level since May of 2009. I think what this tells me, you know, as someone who follows the economic markets very closely is that the economy is strong. Real estate is now strong again and getting stronger. It's a very healthy cycle that we're starting to experience here. This is all very, very good news. Now, another thing that's increasing the sales of new homes, surprisingly, are millennials. I think finally, Terry, they're moving out of the basement. (laughs) That's right. They are moving out of the basement. Studies are indicating that they are actually moving out of the basement. They are forming new household formations. They're moving into the suburbs. They're buying furniture, SUVs. Are they becoming like us? They are. Oh, my gosh. What were we called? Double income. Oh, no kids? No. Yeah, what, whatever. Well, there's dinks. Double dinks income, and, no kids. Right. <laughs> there's, there's silks, which you don't want to be, which is single income, lots of kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're following in our footsteps. Okay, well, finally, I can say that. But here's something that's very unusual. So the millennials are buying new homes. They're moving out of apartments, buying new homes, you know, experiencing household formation and doing all the fun stuff. And empty nesters, their parents are doing what? 
Now that the kids are out of the house, they're selling the house and they're moving into rentals. They're moving into <laughs> rentals. They've been wanting to do this for a long time, but their millennial and children have just kept them I know, having to get, like, hold on to their homes. Will he get out of the house already so exactly. we can downsize? So that's very interesting because, you know, I know in our area, in Boca Raton and actually South Florida, there's new rental units going up like crazy. I know in, in downtown Boca, I mean, almost every other block, what they're building really are rental units. You know, if you put things in perspective, if you look at years 2009 to 2015 in the 55 plus market, it increased 28% in yeah. rentals, while the millennials at 34 year old, you know, age group only jumped up 3%. So you can see the this huge differential. Yeah they're, yeah, they're slowing down and 55 plus are moving on up. Yeah, yeah. So empty nesters are looking for lower expenses. They're looking for less house-related work. We all understand this. I mean, you know, at a certain point, you really don't want to maybe mow the lawn anymore. You don't really want to be spending your weekends at the Home Depot. You want to be out on the golf course, you know. So it's a reversal that just comes through age demographics. Yeah, and they, and they get to pull their um, equity out of the homes and, you know, call you up well, and invest that's it. That's right. We're going to talk about that in a minute, by the way. So for millennials that are now looking to buy a home, how do they know how much home they can buy with the earnings that they actually have? You know, that's an excellent question. The first thing they really need to do is look at a budget. They have to take into consideration how much they're currently renting now, which, you know, with rent, it's kind of a straight line. Mm -hmm. You know what your payment is, you know what you can predict. But when you're owning a home, you have to take into factors property taxes. Property taxes go up. You've got to be able to afford the increases. Homeowner insurance, that's something that also increases over time. Whether or not you have to take out PMI insurance, that's if you put down less than 20%, you incur private mortgage insurance. Yeah. And then you also have to take into consideration just the cost of maintaining the property, association fees, they go up. You know, I always thought it was very cute. A couple once said to me a long time ago, they they were a young couple, they said, we want to buy a house, we want to save money. (laughs) 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 You know, because there is this thinking that, you know, heck, I'm going to build equity over time. And that is true. But I can tell you guys, you know, uh, anybody who's owned a house knows that it's a constant, you're constantly feeding your hard-earned money to keep the house going. And there is the appreciation factor, and that's what you're banking on. So your monthly outflow can be a little higher in a single-family home. Although right now, statistically, they'll tell you it's cheaper to buy a house because the cost of rent is is high. high. But it it all just depends on what your long-term goals are. Mm But yes, there are a lot of costs associated with owning a home. You have yeah. to be prepared to be able to pay for those things. That's right, right. Well, we're out of time. My guest, as always, is Terry Story. Terry is a 29-year veteran with Keller Williams located in Boca Raton, Florida. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Steve.